You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. Well, I've titled the message today concerning spiritual gifts. And uh, we're going to start from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Of course, to cover everything you need to do, chapter 12, 13, and 14 of 1 Corinthians. Uh, But uh, let's start. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. Verse 4, chapter 12. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but the same God who works all in all. But... The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, and to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he will. I am a pastor. I'm not an evangelist, I'm not a prophet, I'm not a teacher. We did uh, those spiritual gift tests there the other day, and I've got quite a mix, a little bit of everything, and uh, pastor and teacher and prophetic is my three main ones, but all the others are, are fairly high in that area as well. So God has given to each believer gifts, that is perfectly suited for our spiritual design. We're all ministers with a unique contribution to make to the body of Christ. Your energy for ministry will usually be determined or you will be driven by the gifts that you have received and are willing to use as God has gifted you. As we just finished our team building uh, course, we discovered that uh, in the section on spiritual gifts that every believer has at least one spiritual gift, usually more than one, but you have at least one. We should be using these gifts to serve the church, not ourselves. Not to elevate me, 
but to elevate the church, the whole body. No believer has all the gifts, so we need each other. We need all of the gifts in the church, really. A well-functioning church would have all of the gifts working, but no one has all of the gifts. But combined with all of us, we all have the gifts, okay? Some gifts are not being used. God decides who receives what gift. Keep that in mind, okay? God decides. So first of all, my first point today is that we need to use the gifts that God has given us. Sometimes people use the concept of spiritual gifts to excuse themselves from refusing to do other things in the church. Well, I'm a prophet, so I don't do teaching or I don't, I don't do floors, I don't do windows. Amen? But uh, the Bible do not teach us to have that kind of an attitude. We need to roll up our sleeves and be willing to do whatever we can, wherever we can, whenever we can. That's what makes for a, a good running church. Service often requires that we get out of our comfort zone. God may want to develop some gift that you have that you haven't even used yet, you don't even know you have. But as you say yes to God and say yes, pastor, or yes uh, to somebody, some leader, spirit, leader in the church, yes, I'll do that, you'll find out that, hey, I'm really suited to this. I really like this. The gifts of the Spirit are not natural talents. That's a different thing altogether. God blesses all of us with different kinds of talents. But the spiritual gifts are not natural. The gifts of the Spirit are supernatural gifts from God to help the church. But the one and same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he will. No individual can bestow a gift on you. Now, there are teachings that go around that, oh, yeah, come forward and I'll give you a gift. Well, that's not what the Bible says. The Holy Spirit gives you the gift. No individual can teach you to speak in tongues. They'll try. I've often seen it tried. You know, people trying to teach someone to speak in tongues, but you get that, all you've got is confusion. You're being gypped. You're, getting, you're, you're just copying someone else when God has a special gift for you. People speak in tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance. Re, they, they release their, their, their spirit to the Holy Spirit in order that the Spirit would speak through them. You speak as the Spirit gives you the words, or as the King James says, gives utterance. When God is working, 
The Lord Jesus is exalted, and the Spirit of God is bestowing gifts and operating in the body of Christ. It is for the common good. It is so that the church can grow and that we can be closer, we can be tighter as a congregation. There is an account in Luke chapter 10. Jesus sent out, you remember, sent out 70 people to minister in twos. And wherever they went, they were to heal the sick, cast out demons, do mighty miracles in his name. They came back all excited because they were casting out demons and they said, even the demons are subject to us. When we speak to them, they have to go. And Jesus brought them right back, their feet underground. Luke chapter 10, verse 20. Do not rejoice that even demons are subject to you, but rather rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Don't magnify the gifts. Don't put the gifts on a pedestal. It's the giver. It's all about the giver. The Holy Spirit is given by the Father and the Son, and so we need to exalt the Lord. It's all about your name written in heaven. It's all about winning souls for Jesus Christ. That's what these gifts are given us for. And we can get so caught up in the gifts that we forget that we're supposed to be winning the lost in Coal Lake and the Lakeland area. Now this message today is sort of for a want of a better title, you, I, I could use it, call it Closing the Barn Door Before the Horse Gets Out. God is moving in a beautiful way. I am encouraged by what I am seeing. But I know, I've been in Pentecost long enough to know that when God gets moving, the emotions get high, and people do some silly things. And we are about reaching the loss for Jesus Christ. I want people to come in from all walks of life into Colate Community Church and feel that the presence and the power of God is here. And people are not just acting crazy. Now, I'm your pastor. And this is a message that needs to be preached right now before things get out of hand. Okay? I want to be scriptural. There's no one that wants God to move more than I do. There's no one wants to see the power and the presence of God in a service more than I do. I want to see the signs and wonders that point to Jesus Christ. Not pointing to 
the person on stage. Not pointing to someone who is getting blessed in the audience, but pointing to Jesus. Keeping our focus on Jesus. We never want to become a bless me club. We are here for one reason only, and that is to worship Jesus and to prepare ourselves for the next week. We go out into the streets, we go into our workplace, wherever we go, and we share the love of Jesus with other people. And so, when God is allowed to move according to his plan and his purpose, the gifts of the Spirit will build people up and focus on the Godhead and not on the gifts. The focus is on what God is doing, not what I'm doing. Amen? Amen. Paul, in writing to the Corinthian church about the use of spiritual gifts in a worship gathering, made it clear. The spirits of the prophets are subject to the control of the prophets. In other words, the Holy Spirit is given to us. It gives us the ability to speak in tongues, to interpret tongues, to prophesy, to exercise faith, all of these things. But he expects the gifts to be exercised with discretion and maturity. Don't exalt the gift above the giver. And so my second point is, Don't misuse. Use your gifts, but don't misuse your spiritual gifts. Paul is calling for order in the church meetings. He says, if anyone speaks in tongues, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 26, uh, 26, starting at verse 33, uh, 26 to 33. Chapter 14, verse 26 to 33. Let all things be done for edification. That's very important. Is it edifying? Is it edifying to the body of Christ? So let everything be done, all things, for edification. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let it by two or at most three, each in turn, and let, let one interpret. Now, that's not talking about when you're worshiping and people are speaking in tongues. That's different. But that is, let's say that the building is quiet, just like now, okay? And someone stands up and begins to speak in tongues. Well, there needs to be an interpretation for that. If there's no interpreter, the Bible says the person that spoke in tongues needs to pray for an interpretation. And if that person can't interpret, that person is supposed to be quiet. And until that person is able to interpret what they, what they speak in tongues, they are not to stand up and, 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 and make a spectacle of themselves. Now, there's something else we need to understand. In giving these instructions... That doesn't mean that if someone is out of order, someone, someone stands up and gives a, a message in tongues, or, or we have uh, the prophetic is supposed to be in threes, you know, no more than three at, in a service. And so if, 
If, the, uh, if a forked one stands up with a prophecy, that doesn't mean that it's not of God. That doesn't mean that, that they don't have a word from the Lord, but they're out of order in that service. Someone speaks in tongues with no interpretation. It doesn't mean that they didn't hear from the Lord, but they didn't have an interpretation, and that is out of order. Do you understand? Just because... Just because there is a gift that is being used or abused doesn't mean that it isn't, it isn't a, a Holy Spirit gift. But it's being abused, and we don't want to abuse the gifts. And so, let two or three prophets speak, and let the others judge. I think, I, let me see. Uh, if anyone speaks in a tongue, let it be by two or three, each in turn, and let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. But if anyone is re anything is revealed to another who sits by him, let the first keep silent. For you may all prophesy one by one that all may learn and that all may be encouraged and the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not an author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. God is not an author of confusion. And wherever you see confusion, you are going to see a downturn of the moving of the spirit. Because the spirit can't move when there is confusion. That is not of God. Anyone who thinks himself, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, now verse 37 and 40 says, anyone think, thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things I write to you are commandments of the Lord. But if anyone is ignorant, let him be ignorant. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy, do not forbid to speak with tongues, let all things be done decently and in order. God has got an order to things. God is not into confusing you. And so the person who is using the gift may be just getting blessed because God is using them in that way, but if it's not being edifying to the whole body, then we need to reconsider what is happening here and try to get some direction and some revelation in how to operate in that gift. As I said before, the spiritual gift can be genuine, but if it's used improperly, it will cause confusion. If you're a Christian, God has given you at least a one spiritual gift, and those gifts aren't just for your own benefit. Their purpose is to bless the entire body of the church. Stand in the power and the anointing that you have in the Holy Spirit. Don't abuse or misuse your gift. Don't turn it into a show. You see, we are a, a, a PAOC Church, a Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. We do things differently in a PAOC church than you'll do in a, an Alliance church or even in a, a, a Harvest Life church, a Word of Faith church. 
we, we just do things differently, okay? It doesn't mean that the people in the other churches are doing things wrong. It's just that we wouldn't be comfortable there because we, we wouldn't be allowed to express what God has done for us in that kind of an atmosphere. So some, some, some housekeeping rules here. Don't abuse or, amuse or misuse your gift. Don't turn it into a show. Don't push people to the floor when you pray for them. I didn't see no one down on the floor this morning, so that's okay. Don't push people. Let me tell you something. A push is a fleshly attempt to look spiritual, and it stinks. It happens so often in our circles, and it shouldn't. It's great. When the Holy Spirit puts someone to the floor, that's great. That's good. God knows what he's doing. But that's not, that's not my calling to push people down. I'm called to raise people up. If God decides to slay someone in the Holy Spirit, he don't need my help and he don't need yours. And you are no more spiritual if someone falls in front of you when you praise for them than if they stands up straight and, and does a Spanish two-step. Amen? Are you with me so far? George Wood, of the general superintendent of the Assemblies of God, writes in a Charisma magazine. He says... The test that I believe should be applied to all spiritual gifts is simple and threefold. Number one, does it glorify Jesus Christ? Does it glorify Jesus Christ? Are you looking to be exalted to a high level in the eyes of people by using that gift? And that's what I'm talking about when we make it a show. We don't want to make it a show. But we want to be open to what the Holy Spirit is doing. Now this morning, I'm glad that because this, was a, this service is a good illustration for us. We, the service was going in a certain way. And the Holy Spirit spoke to, to um, Melanie. <laughs> I'm exposing myself to that great memory that I have. But, uh, yeah, the Holy Spirit spoke to Melanie. She came over, and she asked me, she said, I have an anointing on my, on my life right now, on my heart right now. It's strong, and I, this is what I, I, I sense in my spirit. And, and so I, I, I gave her the mic. I said, get, get Gord's attention, and when, when you feel the time is right, and just speak. And so she did that. And then later on, as she continued to speak, she came back to me and she said, I've, I would like to, you know, to call people forward if they want prayer, if that's okay. You see, you go through the right channels. You check it out. Whatever happens in this assembly falls on me. And so what I allow, and I, so that, that's a... That's a that's a big responsibility for a person. You know, like, I, I don't feel like I'm that great spiritual guy. 
And I just love it when the Holy Spirit moves upon somebody and they say, I sense God is telling me to do this. Now, there's going to be times when people will say, like, I, I, I would like to say something. I've got something to say, or I sense God is telling me. But in my spirit, there comes a check, and, I, and it's not for now. It, maybe it is right. Maybe, maybe you've got something. Maybe it'll turn up later on in the service, but right now is not the time. And, you know, like, I'm not this bold guy. You know, I'm not that type of a guy. I've got, you know, I'm a pastor. And I'm not, I, so I don't have all those, those qualities that some of those other guys have. And so uh, I am very concerned. I am very, you know, like I, I'm cautious, but at the same time, I don't want to do anything. I would never want to shut down what God wants to do in a service. And so I want to be open to the Holy Spirit. And so, so that's the way we work. God's got something for you to say. You check it out. You, you come to the front. You check it out with whoever's the, 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 the lead pastor, the pastor in the service for going to speak that, that day. And, uh, and uh, check it out with us and, and see if it's, if it's in order. See, we know what, all the things that are going on and what needs to be done and what length of time we've got to do it and whether we can afford to just say, okay, well, if the preaching don't go on today, then that's okay. But this one today, this preaching has to go on. Okay? I can't cut any corners on this one today. And so, um, but we need to be everything decently and in order. All right. So, does it glorify Jesus Christ? Secondly, does it edify the saints? So, let's say sometimes we are all worshiping up here, and and uh, the first two or two rows or so, and, and a few people that are worshiping at the front are really having a good time. But we need to look past the front. We need to look through the whole congregation. What is happening in the congregation? Are people entering in? Is there a sense of worship? Or are people being, are people being excited or are they being delighted or are they being disgusted? The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And he cares about every person in this room. And he wants to minister to every person in this room. So we need to be open to what he is doing. And if the congregation is not getting it, if the congregation is not there, then if there's only a dozen or so of us that are really entering in, then we've got to just say, listen, you've got to realize that we can look as drunkards, okay? You know how difficult it is to be in the presence of someone who is intoxicated. I mean, really intoxicated. It's uncomfortable, isn't it? And so we need to Allow the Holy Spirit to move 
in our lives, but at the same time, we need to be decent and in order. We want the Holy Spirit to move so that our whole church is moving together. We don't want anybody moving out ahead, getting away from the flock. We want the power and the presence of God touching hearts and lives in a special way. Then he says, is it a good witness to non-believers? I don't know about you, but I don't want to see unbelievers walking out in the middle of the service because I've been having a good time. Do you understand? Are, are you getting this? You see, we're not a bless me club. We've got a place. We've got a place for really having a rip-roaring time. And that's the total worship service that we have on uh, Friday, no, Saturday nights. Saturday nights, every second Saturday. It's total worship. You can dance to your heart's content from the pulpit to the door. Do a Jericho march around the church and come back in and do it again. We're all about souls, folks. Now, sandwiched between 1 Corinthians, or yeah, 1 Corinthians 12, chapter 12, and, and chapter 13 is uh, chapter 14, rather, is chapter 13. And that's called the love chapter, all right? And it says, uh, 1 to 3 says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mystery and all knowledge, and though I have faith, all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If we do not minister the gifts of the Spirit in love, it is useless. Nothing. Nothing. True worship is motivated by love for the Lord and love for the congregation, love for the people. To have an attitude that I don't care what anyone else thinks and I don't care what anyone else believes, I'm just going to have a good time. Is not walking in love. Every spiritual gift is to follow this same pattern. Love. Caring for my brothers and sisters. Caring for those who don't know the Lord. When I go to a, 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 a ministerial here in town, we've got the Catholics and the Baptists and the Lutherans and and the Anglicans and the Presbyterians and the all every group that's here in town. I don't believe there's any Presbyterian. But if someone asks me to pray, I'm not going to say, I'm 
I'm not going to speak in tongues in a mixed group. I'm going to pray what they would consider a civilized prayer. And we need to have that same kind of attitude towards people that come in. I want a doctor to be able to come in here and say, I could make my church home here. I want a lawyer to come in here and say, I could feel comfortable here. I could bring my family here. I want a, 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 a doctor, a nurse, a policeman, a teacher, a counselor, a businessman, to be able to come into this place and worship God and experience the power and the presence of God because things are done decently and in order in this building, in this room. Paul says, True worship is motivated by love. This is what Paul was referring to when he wrote, earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. The best gifts are the gift that most suited for you. Lord, I, I don't care what Sally has or what Ben has or Billy has. I want what is best for me, what is best suited, where I can serve you best. And I want to serve you with that gift in love. Jesus is truly glorified when his church worships in unity, creating an environment where the Holy Spirit can powerfully convict and transform the lost. Unity in worship do not mean that everyone is dancing or shouting. I said, Unity in worship do not mean that everyone is dancing and shouting. It doesn't mean that everyone is speaking in tongues. It does not mean that everyone has a flag to wave. Everyone is not doing it. That's okay. But we have no second-class Christians in Colette Community Church. I'm well aware that we have come from many walks of life, many denominations, and come together as a group here. And some of you can worship God just as well as I can in raising my hands, just being like this, sitting in your seat with your eyes closed. And you are truly worshiping God, just as much as if I am dancing or trying to or whatever in the way that I worship God. You may never shout a hallelujah, but there's a hallelujah in your spirit. And we should never look at each other and say, that person is more spiritual than, than he is or I'm more spiritual than that person because that's not true. We all have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Personal. 
And the way and I, Effie and I act as, as a married couple may be totally different the way that you and your husband or you and your wife act as a, as a married couple. It's personal. Some of the best supporters in our church appreciate a lively Pentecostal service. But they know order when they see it, and they know disorder when they see it. They would like to invite their family and their friends and their co-workers, but sometimes they may see some things that says, man, I'm glad I didn't bring my friend today. They would have really been turned off. And I know that some people have left the church because of some of the things that we do, but we have to always realize that we are Pentecostal people. We're not trying to be like the, like the Baptist or the Alliance or like, even like some other Pentecostal church. For Coal Lake Community Church, it means that everyone is free to worship God in their own way without calling attention to yourself. That's the key. You don't call attention to yourself. Worship in spirit and truth. Quiet is just as spiritual as loud. The gifts do not elevate you to a higher level. If you are operating in a vocal gift, I would suggest that you would sit closer to the front. A lot of time visitors or people who are on the fringe will slip seat closer to the back. No offense to my brothers back there. <laughs> but uh, what I'm saying is, let's say you're seating around where John is at there right now and, and, uh, and, uh, and Randy. <laughs> Good illustration. And uh, so, and, and those guys, the spirit is moving and they begin to sing in tongues or worship in tongues. And the people around them are not believers. It can cause a bit of a disturbance for them, a bit of confusion. But if you're right up here, John, and that there's a whole empty seat there. <laughs> if you're right up there, that's, you know, you're closer to the front and everyone is together. That's just a suggestion. It's not a command, okay? I remember suggesting that in one church I was in. The lady after, I went to shake her hand and she, she put out her hand and she pulled it back and she says, no. And I said, she said, we're all sinners back here. And I said, uh, what do you mean? Sinners. She said, well, that's what you said. She said, we're all sinners back here. I was encouraging the young people to sit closer to the front because, so that they would be in unison, you know, and worship it. And so uh, she said, and I, we said a few more things, and then she said, well, I'll have you know one thing. We've had many revivals in this church, and we had it sitting right back here. So I don't think John and 
and uh, Randy are going to say anything to me about that. So follow, follow the worship leader, okay? When we're in worship, follow the worship leader. Whoever's worship leader for that day, follow them. Don't be a lone wolf. Don't go off in another direction. Uh, hand raising, flagging, clapping, and dancing are expressions of worship. It does not mean that you are more or less spiritual if you don't do that. Okay? And I don't think anybody would think that. But sometimes you may feel that. Anyone who worships at the front, please represent Jesus well. You're there to worship, not to talk or to uh, talking to each other. Or You need to fo totally focus on Jesus because... There are always in the crowd spectators. If everybody is worshiping you, you're not concerned about that. But if you're a spectator and you see some looseness going on at the front, then uh, that causes problems. We're here to worship. Totally focus on Jesus. We are a POC church. We Take the Bible quite literally. If it's not in the Bible, it should not happen at Cole Lake Community Church. Fair enough? When we make mistakes, we submit to correction without taking offense. Agreed? That's a sign of spiritual maturity. Now, lastly, we need to be led by the Spirit. My time is gone. I knew I, we told the people in the back, Children's Church, that we would be finished by 12, and it's 12 now. So uh, you know when they do those, those commercials, and then they go right, blah, 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 very fast? This is what I'm going to have to do right now. There is much confusion about the gifts of the Spirit and being led by the Spirit. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, 14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. If you are born again, you will be led by the Spirit if you desire to be. God wants to lead you. We have many biblical examples of people being led by the Spirit. After they had come to Mysa, they tried to go into Bethna, but the Spirit did not permit them. Acts chapter 16, 7. Cornelius uh, directed, uh, was directed to send for Peter to instruct him in the ways of the Lord. And this is what it says in Acts chapter 10, 5 and 6. Now send for me to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea, he will tell you what you must do. Directed by the Spirit. Paul directed, was directed to minister to the Gentiles. While uh, Peter thought about the vision, he had a vision, you remembered where the, all the unclean food was, was uh, let down on a, bla on a, on a tablecloth to him, and, uh, and, and the angel said, uh, slay and eat, 
And, and he said, not so, Lord. I'd never eaten any unclean thing. And, but, and God really spoke to him, told him, what God has cleansed, don't you call clean, uh, common or unclean? And, and the Holy Spirit told him, arise and go down and go with them, doubting nothing, because I have sent them. And then uh, most of the time, the Spirit of God speaks to our human spirit. All right? The Holy Spirit will lead us if we are sensitive to him. John chapter 16, verse 13 says, When he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Being led by the Spirit is an extremely important part of our walk with the Lord. He can lead us in business, personal relationships, families and careers, etc. But beware Beware of following your own feelings. Instead, the leading of the Holy Spirit. We are emotional people, and emotions can be very misleading. There is no substitute for the study of God's Word in knowing the will of God. You get a blessing, the Holy Spirit moves, and you can come up with all kinds of things that you think that God told you. But if you do not have the word to, to, to govern it by, you could be going in a totally wrong direction. How do we test the spirits? We test the spirits by the standard of the word of God. The Bible overrides all spiritual gifts. We humans can get things wrong, but God's word is truth. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Part of being led by the Spirit is reading the word of God, a good prayer life, experiencing God, and a mature godly teaching, a good godly man or woman, to stand by your side, to be a mentor to you, so that you can walk in the right way. And we talk sometimes about the heart of worship. Too often we equate worship to music and song only, and the emotion that that arouses in us. But worship is much more than that. Music and song creates the atmosphere for the use of many spiritual gifts. Matt, Matt Redman wrote The Heart of Worship a few years ago, and it goes like this. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing that I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. Most mainline churches worship Services are very formal and liturgic. Uh, evangelical churches will vary in levels of freedom of expression. We're counted in with the evangelicals. And so, uh, if you, uh, Pentecostal, charismatic, non-denominational churches are more relaxed. More relaxed than a Baptist church or an alliance or, or some of the others. The PAOC uh, assemblies of God has witnessed many splinter groups and breakaways from the main body of believers. 
So what is in order in one church is out of order in another. Not all Pentecostal churches are as free in worship as this one is. Okay? The POC and the Assemblies of God has witnessed many splinter groups. And with this breaking away came all sorts of extremes. The followers of these ministries usually went way beyond their leader's teaching, bringing shame and reproach and loss of credibility to the church. From time to time, there are attempts to introduce unbiblical concepts into POC churches, but we stand firmly on the Word of God. I want to see God move with New Testament signs and wonders and miracles. The so-called prosperity gospel, which is no gospel at all, will not do it for me. I believe in a balanced approach, just as the Scripture teaches, concerning prosperity, body, soul, and spirit. Amen? I believe in the, in the physical blessings. I believe in the spiritual blessings. I believe in the financial blessings. But there's a Baptist. A, ba- a, Baptist, a balance. <laughs> there's a Baptist balance. Okay, let's put it that way. God wanted me to put it in there, I guess. There is a balance. And we need to stick to that balance. Don't allow greed to ruin the gift that God has given you. Don't allow greed to put you in a position where others frown on your faith simply because you have listened to some man or some woman preach a twisted gospel and you've swallowed it hook, line, and sinker. And then you try to push it on another group of people. It won't work here, that's for sure. I want to see God move. I, don't get me wrong, there are millions of spirit-filled Christians who are not POC and not Assemblies of God who avoid the many extremes of splinter groups. So I'm not looking for the prosperity gospel and neither am I looking for silver and gold and and feathers and all of that stuff that goes on in, 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 in full gospel circles. I'm not saying that any of these things are wrong. I've never seen it. And if it happens in this service, in this church, I guess I'll believe it. But even if it does, I would counsel everyone not to glorify those things. That's not what we're about. We thank God when someone is healed. We thank God when someone gets out of a a wheelchair that has been in a wheelchair for years and gets up and walks and is totally healthy. We thank God for every cancer that has been healed. We thank God for every heart condition that has been healed. But we do not glorify those things. We glorify Jesus Christ. Let's remain true to the word and don't follow the latest fads. These fads will pass. I've been through a lot of fads during the years. And, it's, and in the church is just like 
something like, you remember the hippie movement? And every now and then you'll see a person, it's just like they came out of that movement, like, you know, they're, they're, they're in 2017, they still look like it, they dress like it, and they just, you can spot them. They're flower children and all of that. They had their experiences with God too, okay? And some of those people that were frowned at in the church at that time are leaders in the church today. And I know that God can do anything. And nothing surprises me. But I'm just saying, let's not get caught up in the fluff and forget the real thing. We're about souls. We want to see souls saved. I don't care so much about having every seat filled as having people filled with the Holy Spirit and people come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. If we can look back at 2017 and, and uh, you know, years past and all of the good things that God has done and the great times we had and the blessings that we experienced. If we cannot see a generation change for Jesus Christ, then what are we doing? What are we doing here? It's about souls. And when you look at it, we're going to be talking about in the in the, in the New Year's service about winning souls for Christ. And, and all it takes, can you imagine? If every one of us just won one person in the year, we would double our congregation. Isn't that amazing? And that's not a hard thing to do. But it is a hard thing to get across to us, isn't it? It is hard for us to be able to get out of our comfort zone and bring a soul to Christ. And every one of us has that ability. I've got to stop here. I want signs and wonders to point to Jesus. I want to have a balanced approach to worship through the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the use of the gifts. And as Paul said in his exhortation to the Corinthian church, let all things be done decently and in order. Well, time has gone way over. I thank you for your patience with me. But in my humble way and, and my clumsy way, I have delivered to you what the Lord delivered to me. May the Lord bless you. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will bless each one of us, guide us, direct us, and help us, Lord, to want to do our very best to win a soul for Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord bless you, folks. Have a great week. You have been listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. 
Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.